0: Well, good morning, Northland family. So grateful to have the DeRosas with us. Wasn't that great? And what a wonderful family. Yes. You know, they've had their challenges this year with Tony being sick, and so just so good to see that he's been restored. Uh, Probably not fully, but uh, so glad that they would come day after Christmas and serve us. So grateful. So grateful for those of you that actually came today. We know that many of you that normally would be here at our home, probably in your PJs, sipping on some hot chocolate. um, We know your name. We know who you are. (laughs) But just to say something to our online worshipers, those of you that faithfully uh, join in every week after week from all over the world, uh, we know that you're with us. And we, we appreciate you. We pray for you. And uh, we appreciate the fact that you are a part of this church family and, uh, and that you contribute uh, uh, with your giving and things like that. We just appreciate you and so glad that you could be with us the day after Christmas. Well, here we are the day after Christmas, but Christmas hasn't faded away yet, right? You know, we're going to linger just a little bit longer with this incredible event that happened in human history. Um, there is something amazing about the birth of a child, Right. It made me think about the birth of our firstborn son, right? So, our firstborn son, Jonathan, he was, uh, I'm the oldest of nine kids, so it was the first one that got married, first one that we're gonna have a kid. Uh, for my parents, it was like first time being grandpa. This was a really big deal, right? And Karen had some challenges getting pregnant, so it made it all more exciting that, you know, we were gonna have a baby. Wow, we were gonna be parents. And that was back in the day when they didn't do this reveal stuff, right? Where you knew that, you know, so you found out what you were having at birth, right? <laughs> so, so the moment came. Karen went through long labor. She remembers that. I do too. It was rough. But Jonathan was born, and it was like time stood still. It's just a, a holy moment. And then shortly after Jonathan was handed to Karen, I thought man I gotta tell my family so I bolt out the uh, the double doors there in the labor and delivery room and who's the first person I see there's my mother <laughs> and she reminds me of what I told her <laughs> that moment she goes I said I got him mom <laughs> and she reminded me it's like you got a big fish or what'd you catch here but uh, that was a special time, and, uh, and I remember I just couldn't shut up, right? So I was tired and hungry, ended up in a Denny's that evening, and I'm talking to the guy next to me, hey, did you, man, I, I became a father today, you know? Something t- to talk about. Well, when it comes to the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the set of circumstances around his conception and birth were anything but smooth, anything but uh, convenient, many adjustments, um, probably some unmet expectation by this young couple who thought, wow, this is what we envisioned, not what we envisioned about starting our family. So um, let me read to you some of those circumstances right out of the book of Luke, chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went out to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee and from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. So you could pretty much describe this whole birth of Jesus with a lot of inconvenience. Uh, Some have used the word bedlam. You've heard the word bedlam? That means, you know, pandemonium, nothing's going right. It's very interesting that word came from the word Bethlehem and a hospital in London... Uh, in the 15th century called St. Mary's of Bethlehem that became an insane asylum (laughs) so everything around the birth of Jesus was like pandemonium well take into consideration the uh, unplanned pregnancy for example Okay, Mary and Joseph are betrothed that means they're engaged to be married and that's a pretty serious thing to test faithfulness and Mary conceives of the Holy Spirit she's going to have a baby and uh, Joseph hadn't heard directly yet. And can you only imagine what was going through his mind, like, really? You know? And, you know, Joseph really had two options at that point. Under Levitical law, he could have had her stoned to death or to divorce her. And he was started thinking along the lines of the divorce route until the angel filled him in on what was going on. And you can only imagine the talk of the town You know, how gossip gets around in Nazareth, you know? Um, That's a pretty rough way to start a marriage and a a family together, right? With that kind of turn of events. Well, then, in the middle of that, there is new tax laws, right? Uh, The Roman government uh, decides that uh, they want a little bit more of the paycheck. So folks had to go to their hometown. You just couldn't, you know, write a check to send your tax bill in, um, you had to travel to the place of your birth. Now, for Mary and Joseph, um, that was from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and that was quite a hike. That was about 80 miles. That was before trains and planes and cars and all those kinds of things. So imagine, right? That's like walking from here almost to Ocala. That's a long walk, right? And so here they go. You know they're they're walking to Bethlehem, um, and Mary, on top of it, is about nine months pregnant. That had to be a pretty rough road. So they finally get there, and the city is packed. Uh, and you can imagine just the mood of the town, right? People aren't there on vacation. You know they're there to you know to sign up for the census, to have to pay more money to the government. So the mood, they're irritable, they're tired right? Can you imagine the bedlam in that town that day they arrived? And then there's no vacancy signs everywhere. It's like, there's no, no hotels open. And so the only thing that's open is a lean to where animals would shelter. And that's where Mary and Joseph find themselves. And that's where Jesus was born. Well, to top it off, you think, you know, in Jewish culture, the, the birth of a child is, is much celebrated, you know, with family and midwives. And it's, it's a beautiful, well, you would think, well, at least if they go home, they could have the family celebrate. Well, that's not what happened. Because as you know, when Herod got wind that the, a king was born, he sent out the decree to kill all male children under the age of two. So instead of going home and enjoying time with family and getting self-established as a married couple, they have to hightail it down to Egypt. So the, 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 the whole circumstances around the birth of Jesus were pretty inconvenient. And maybe for the last two years, you have felt a little bit of that too. A little bit of bedlam. Uh, inconveniences, yes. Yes. School, work, finances, health. And some of you lost loved ones. And there was an empty chair at your table uh, throughout these holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's hard stuff. That's hard stuff. You know, Jesus came into that stuff. He experienced it. Scripture says he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And right from the get-go, we see Jesus coming into the fallenness of this world. And his name is Emmanuel. It means God is with us. Even in the bedlam, even in the heartache, the inconveniences and disruptions. It makes me think of well, one of our families, dear families here at Northern Church, um, Dorothy and Alan. Uh, they've been going through a pretty rough time. In the hospital, Dorothy um, had an aneurysm several weeks ago, and uh, had to have surgery and what have you. She's coming along, but Alan has sent us a bunch of texts just kind of updating us on how things are going. And really, they're very encouraging in light of the bedlam that they've been experiencing. Let me, I ask permission if I could share this for an encouragement to you if you're going through some kind of bedlam. Uh, She does not know I'm here and is tracking with me when awake. Tomorrow's Christmas. I will spend it with the family commemorating the birth of our Savior Jesus. To think our creator loves us enough to come down and live as a man and ultimately die as a sacrifice. To pay for the sins of the world seems incredible. But real, genuine, unconditional love is just that. Incredible. Incredible. You have such value to him that he would have done that all for just you. As we remember his love for us, we will pass that unconditional love to others. It is the way. Be blessed in this wonderful season. Thank you for the gift of your prayers. We are so grateful. Jesus is Lord. Merry Christmas. I love that encouragement to us. Somebody going, family going through some really tough stuff. She is improving, so continue to pray for Dorothy uh, that you'll have a full recovery. And so Jesus came into this. He came into our lives, and he is with us. So there's this announcement made. In the middle of all of this, there's good news. comes breaking through the darkness and the bedlam. Good news. Now, this good news was not announced to Caesar Augustus. You thought, well, that would be the best thing he could let the whole Roman Empire know that Jesus was born wasn't Caesar Augustus it wasn't Herod who was the king over the Jewish nation it wasn't the announcement didn't come to him it didn't even come to the religious leaders who studied the scriptures who knew the messianic prophecies who were anticipating the coming of Messiah the announcement didn't come to them either came to shepherds. Now, shepherds weren't thought of as, you know, too keen. They were considered uneducated. You know, they just lived out in the field with a bunch of sheep. You know, they were, they were kind of the nobodies. Nobody thought too highly of them. But yet the announcement of the birth of Jesus came to them. Why is that? Well, my guess is this is that this was a demonstration of the purpose of which Jesus came into the world. He came to be the Lamb of God. The Passover feast reminded people that Jesus would be the Lamb, that would be sacrifices. The prophets spoke of Jesus as being a Lamb led to the slaughter. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus at his baptism, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. See, what they were hoping for was, uh, was a king to come, to overthrow the Roman government so there would be a better world to live in. And they were missing the bigger problem. The bigger problem was sin. That is the bigger problem. The government's not going to save us, even a better one. Our sins needed to be taken care of So Jesus came as the Lamb of God. And so this announcement was, was to shepherds. And so many of you have uh, been watching uh, different ser- the series of The Chosen. So we want to look at this announcement as it, was, as it was given to those shepherds and come back and look at three things as a response to that announcement.
1: Lovely day today, isn't it? How are you?
2: Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up unto the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and he shall be their peace. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Micah. Thank you. Nothing. nothing, nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. See, mm. spotless. Good, no blemishes. This one's good. Thank you,
1: thank you. Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day.
2: And a shepherd wants to learn.
1: Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation?
2: Yes, he will make a great military leader.
1: Are you sure? Just because last Shabbat the priest read from prophet Ezekiel and he did not say- How dare
2: you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. He brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless, yes. These are for righteous men, for the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry, very sorry. Very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace.
1: Now, come, come.
2: I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this run back up to the hill and try and keep up. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of you his need to go. oppressor you want to listen no this is a holy place please you are filthy go for every boot of a trapping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire strengthen the weak hands
1: Hey, excuse me friend, could you point me to a well in this town? My wife hasn't had a drink in hours. At the other end of the square. Thank you brother. Well, wait, wait, wait. Here. Oh, thank you for your kindness. How far have you come? From Galilee, Nazareth. Don't say that too loud here. You know they say, uh, Nothing good can come from. I know what they say about Nazareth. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Secret safe with me. Uh, thank you for your kindness. And my name is Simon. Out of my way? Uh, we must go.
2: those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Yes, well, next time, I will wipe my hands with his robe. He would faint. A Pharisee is so cheap. When he writes his will, he names himself as the heir. <laughs> and then he still doesn't get no. much. <laughs> Finally, he's back. Uh, hello, uh. Simon. <coughs> Stay with the sheep. He is useless. Why do you keep him around? He's a good boy. Uh, yes. You want some dinner? Finally. Aaron made dinner tonight, so <laughs> nothing is cooked. Uh, yes. <laughs> the food is fine. It's my grandmother's recipe, so leave it alone. Uh, then that is why your grandfather left. <laughs> You're lucky you're not
1: part of this
2: again and again, They take whatever they want. Oh, uh, I wish that woman wouldn't have not left the well. Oh, she was she was very, very beautiful. pretty, very pretty. Mm. She was very beautiful. Can I have my dinner now? Not with us. No. Your plate is over there. After what happened this morning. You sleep with the sheep tonight, and pay attention on this time. And watch out for wolves. Watch out for the Pharisee; he might come after you. Mm-hmm. The Roman took another sheep yesterday. Simon, they're talking about the Romans again. But they have cooked it right in front of me. Was it you're, you're, lucky. Been, you're lucky. You're lucky no? you're not part of this conversation. But Romans again and again. Let's
1: talk about something else. you beautiful. We must uh, tell we, someone. Yes, we, must tell yes, we must tell everyone. Everyone, yeah. yes, yes, thank, thank, you. You. thank, you. thank, thank you. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've waited for this for so long. So long. He's on. He's, he's on. on. He's on. He's on. Yes, he's, he's, he's on. Oh, it's okay. Yes, yeah. shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace there will be no end, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore.
2: You! I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice?
0: That would be yes. to take that in, isn't it? <laughs> three responses to the announcement to those shepherds. One, they came to Jesus. Two, people must know. They told people about what they had experienced and seen. And last, they went back to their fields and they praised God and glorified Him. So we'll briefly look at those three things. One, one, they came when they heard the news, good news. It's important that when we hear good news that we move, that we come to Christ. And that would be the question I would ask for all of us. Have you, having heard good news, if you, having heard the gospel that Jesus came, was born, and died, rose again for us, have you heard? Yes, you have. But have you come to Jesus have you personally trusted put your faith in move towards faith is a is a movement towards and it's a trust in have you put your trust in Jesus Christ that's probably the most important question that we will ever ask ourselves in the course of our lifetime because there's a promise that Jesus is coming back again right We are waiting for him to come back. Jesus repeatedly said that he would return to the earth. But he's not coming as the lamb this time. He's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. They say that you can hear a lion's roar up to five miles away. You know, Jesus is coming back as a lion. He's coming back to judge the world... He's coming back to bring justice, to make all things new. The question is if you've not come to Jesus as the lamb who took away all the sins of the world, you really don't want to meet him as the lion. You catch him adrift? You don't want to meet Jesus as a lion. And so there's a period of time, and now is the time. We don't know how long our lifespan is or when Jesus will return. We don't know the day or the hour. Many believe that it's soon. I saw a man on the sign on the corner of 46 and 415 on my way home the other day a big old sign. Jesus is coming soon. It could be right. We don't know the day or the hour. But the question is, do you know Jesus as the Lamb, the one who came lay down his life for you so that you could have forgiveness of sins and eternal life with him? That's the question. Big question. Hope you can answer that. So when we go to the last book of the Revelation, we talk about the coming of Jesus as the king and of the tribe of Judah. There's an invitation. Take a look at that invitation. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, And that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, oops, go back. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, and the sexually immoral, and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and the morning star, and listen to this part. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. That invitation still stands. Maybe you identify with that shepherd and life has beaten you up. And you're looking for answers. Well, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. If you're thirsty and you've been looking for life in all the wrong places and not finding it, Jesus Christ is the life you're looking for. So the invitation is there to come. Drink. And it's without price. The salvation is the free gift of God. It's not by works. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. But you must come. You must come to Him and trust Him. Hope you have done that. Secondly, they said, people must know. People must know. They, they need to know about this good news. Now, best I understand, God's not still sending angels making announcements. Guess who he's making that announcement through? That would be us. Those of us who have come to Jesus, all of us have the personal responsibility to share that good news with other people. It's in the Great Commission that you've been hearing a lot of, and we will continue to beat this drum, because this is the last thing Jesus said. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We're the ambassadors. We're the ones that bring the good news. And you might think, well, you know, I can't. I just don't have that gift. I, I... Well, guess what? Jesus says, um, by the way, he told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, here's where the power comes to share that good news. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. You have been given the power to be a witness for Christ. So that's our calling. That is the calling on our life. And you're going to be hearing a whole lot more about the Holy Spirit in 2022 from from here at Northland. As we walk into and start getting into the stories of the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit came. And thousands of people came to know Jesus. Because they were telling people about it. So we are looking forward to that time. And last of all, when they went back to their fields and to watch their sheep, just absolutely still caught up in what they had experienced, they praised God and they glorified God. And ladies and gentlemen, that is why we were created. We were created to love God with all our hearts. We were created to worship Him, to praise Him, and we have a little glimpse into what that's going to be like in the book of Revelation. Of thousands and myriads gathered around the for- throne. And we will be worshipping the Lamb. We will be worshipping the Lamb who was slain for us. So I'd like for us to take a look at this. This is kind of a rehearsal, right, for what's to come. This is out of the book of Revelation, the fifth chapter. I'd like for you to respond with me um, to, to rehearse what we will be doing in all eternity. Let's start. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll to open its seals, for you were slain, and your blood and your ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. We will be doing that for all eternity because the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming. So, folks, what are we going to do between now and the roar of that lion coming? We'll be challenged this next year to re-up, if you will, to commit ourselves to this this lamb that was slain for us, who did so much for us. There'll be a call to all of us to to really take seriously, what am I going to do with the rest of my time before Jesus returns? Or we go to see him before that. So let's end our time with two more songs of worship and look forward to 2022. As we wait for the lamb of the lion to come, let's worship together.